Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands up. Let's just minister to the Lord. Father, we bless you. We honor you. We magnify you. Father, we crucify our flesh. Father, Lord, we, Father, have a desire, God, to go into your presence. God, we love you. We honor you. God, there's none like you, Lord. Who is like the Lord? God, I heard it said nobody. Father, we searched all over, God. We smoked everything, drank everything, God, been all over the place, done stuff, God, that we're not proud of. But, God, today we got a revelation of righteousness, and it's not found in our It's found in Christ. And so, Father, we praise you for what you've done. We thank you for what you're about to do. But we know, God, your credit is good with us because you're, you're a proven winner now we bind every devil we break every power of darkness we come against every witch every warlock every lion spirit every unclean we break it in the name of Jesus God and Father we we release grace grace somebody shout grace grace God we release double favor in this house God there God we thank you for the favor that's flowing we give you praise for what you're about to do have your way Lord in Jesus mighty name amen come on give your neighbor a high five and say it's all right the Lord is gracious he is merciful, and he is kind. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Do you believe that? Hallelujah. I got to honor, amen, my bishop and, amen, my elder statesman. Uh, he has absolutely been an incredible figure in my life. When he met me in, in Oklahoma, uh, he just, he embraced me. He, he loved me, uh, gave me opportunity, believed in me. He has been a father to me. I'm just a few years younger, but he is, amen, all of that father I've ever needed, ever wanted. He has been gracious and kind. Let's put our hands together and thank God for President Scott Hagan. I call him Pastor Father. Come on. He is the bishop, the architect, amen, an incredible gift. You don't, sometimes you don't know what you got. You just, you just act like it's supposed to be like that. No, he is an incredible gift to the body of Christ. And I thank God, amen, for him. My wife and kids, they send their love from Tulsa, uh, Oklahoma. But what an honor it is to be in this house on today. Amen. The Lord is good. I got a story to tell you before I get into the word of God. I want to share something very quickly before I tell you my testimony. I was at uh, my uh, ordination with the Assemblies of God some years back and the president or the uh, uh, the administrator for India, he was uh, in the building ministering uh, the service that day. And he talked about, he said in, a, in America, he said there was a time where we would wait on Americans to come and minister to us. He said now, he said the spiritual, uh, he said temperature has gotten a little bit low. He said we come from India now to minister to you Americans. And he told a story, he said about, he said there was a, a pastor that was doing a great work in the village. And he said, man, the witch doctor heard about this pastor that was winning souls and, and saving lives. He said, so the witch doctor, he goes into his secret, uh, his secret place and he begins to conjure up spirits. And he sends these spirits to the pastor's house to kill him. And so these spirits go out to the pastor's house and they come back. And they said, we could not touch him because he was wrapped in fire. He has the anointing. Now, it is something when someone can testify that you can't see, but they recognize there's something on you. Amen. You may not be able to feel it, but it's tangible and it's present. I got a question for you NCU folk on today. Is there anybody in this place wrapped in fire? You have the anointing. You have the power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, somebody say, I'm wrapped in fire. Jesus, I know Paul, I know, and they know me too. Hallelujah. My name is ringing in hell. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. I'm Pastor Ken, one that you can call a friend. Uh, man, I... I am not a victim. I am a victor. I, I come and I make no excuses about uh, what I have been through. 
uh, bad choices, bad opportunities. Uh, I cannot blame my bloodline. They knew not what they were doing. I, I've been exposed to too much uh, at a young age. Uh, and somebody, hey man, have you ever seen the color purple? She said a statement. She said, I've been fighting all my life. I, I've been fighting all my life, but God's grace, uh, it is sufficient. Uh, before Bobby Boucher was, it was me. I was the original water boy. And it was not, a, it was not for comedic reasons. Uh, we had it rough growing up. I, I, I would have to sometimes uh, dress up in the midnight hour in my, my black jogging suit and, and be a cat burglar. I would take a bucket and go and steal people's water in the midnight hour uh, on the side of their houses because our water was disconnected. And I had to give my brothers a bath and, and we would take uh, an electric wire that would be ran into the house and I would take stingers and I would boil them hot dogs and boil water so I can give them a bath. We would have our, our gas disconnected. Can you imagine in this time of the year having the gas disconnected in your house and we blowing out icicles and I'm Mr. Hey man, heat miser. And I was, hey man, Mr. Frosty the Snow. I was, and all of a sudden a, a, a popsicle will appear out of my mouth. It was so cold. And so I have seen some tough days. Hallelujah. But God's grace has been sufficient. I started selling dope at a young age. I got tired of, hey man, being broke. I, everybody I had seen, hey man, uh, in the streets, they looked like they was living good. I wanted to be just, uh, just like them. And so I met a man at 14. He was on my birth certificate and he probably wasn't my father, but his name was on there. He was five foot eight and he was pitch black, but he was a multi-million dollar drug dealer. And for two years, I got a chance to ride with him and, and learn from him. And, and then one day before, two weeks before my 16th birthday, he promised me he was going to get me a brand new car for my birthday. And on September 14th, he was shot in the neck, back and in the head and, uh, and he was killed. And, and so I went through a season of, of grieving and mourning my my father, even though, you know, when I met him, he said, I may be your father chronologically, but not biologically. But I said, I'll take whatever I can get. Amen. And uh, but he wound up being killed. And I went back to the penthouse that we were staying in and I found his robe. And inside of his robe, he had two ounces of cocaine. I was 15, about to turn 16. Took those ounces and I, I started selling dope and I began to ball out of control. As I began to ball out of control, you know, it, it was uh, crazy. I made a lot of money. I was young. And uh, one day I'd open up a nightclub, and I had two nightclubs, and I had all this stuff, and I had all these material things, and I had all these, these cars, but I was still, I, I was longing for something on the inside. I, was, I had everything but didn't have anything. I, I mean, I had the stuff but didn't have peace. I, had, I mean, I had the look and the swag. I had the cars. I had, I had the houses, but I didn't have the peace. I, I knew something I was craving, and it, I, it couldn't be made up by sex. It couldn't be made up by drugs. I couldn't smoke it away. I, I, I was struggling on the inside, and, and I started bawling, and I bawled till I fall. One day I was driving in, 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 my, in, in, in a car and headed home and I got to my, my, my exit and they had the, the FBI, the DEA, and the local state agencies, they had set up a roadblock for, for me and they snatched me out of the car and they said, you're being arrested under uh, these uh, drug charges. And, and so I began to, I got real, you know, sometimes you in painful moments, you get religious. I hadn't known the Lord. I hadn't, I hadn't amen, had a relationship with Jesus, but I started getting religious. And so I wound up going to the Catholic Church, and I, because I had saw in the movie The Portergeist that when the priest, hey man, did something with the holy water, things would happen. And so I stopped by the Catholic Church, and I bought me some holy water. And I, I went and I got that holy water, and I, I said, oh my God, I'm about to, something about to happen. And then I drank the holy water. <laughs> I drank that holy water, nothing happened. I said, this ain't a job for Jesus, a job for Wonder Dog. I couldn't understand why, because I thought there was going to be a sizzling and a burning that was going to take place on the inside. 
And so the water didn't deliver me. And so I took the Bible. I didn't read it. And I put the Bible on top of my head. And I put it on top of my head. I said, God, I'm about to go to prison. And I said, God, I'm crazy as he with two hockey sticks on the end. I said, Lord, if you're real, I said, please don't let me come out the same way that I'm going in. And I prayed that prayer. And they gave me seven years and three months. And I went to prison. And all of a sudden, I heard the gospel preached down in Fort Worth, Texas. And something stirred me. I I'd heard it. I had never heard it before. And before a thousand men, I walked down to the altar in prison and I was weeping and God was, was dealing with me. And, and, and still, uh, there, there, there was no catastrophic change, but he was working on me. Amen. And, and some of us need to know God is working on us. Amen. It may not be an instant change or shazam, but he, he's working out his plans, his plans and purposes. They're going to come to pass. And so I, God, he began to touch me. And then I, they shipped me to a prison in Pennsylvania. And um, I went there because, you know, they came in and the guys told me that when the choir comes, it's going to be some fine honeys up there singing. I didn't go, amen, for the word. I came to see the honeys. And, and what happened, God set me up. All of a sudden, amen, I went in for the wrong reasons. And the woman began to pray. And I had never heard there be something called the anointing. And as the woman began to pray, something fell on me. And, and I, all of a sudden, something broke me. And I began to weep. And I began to cry. Amen. God was dealing with my heart. And yet still I wasn't delivered. And then God sent a man there named Pastor Pat. And Pastor Pat was an inmate like us. And he kept talking about, uh, I didn't do anything wrong. And we like, yeah, okay, bro. And, uh, but Pat would walk around the, the compound day and night. And he'd be, oh, she bad and deluged to be kind of by. We thought he was crazy. Because we hadn't heard that there'd be a Holy Ghost. And Pat would walk around day and night praying in the Holy Ghost. And, and all of a sudden, my, my friends started getting saved and filled with the Spirit. And, and one friend in particular, he said, man, Pat prayed for me. He said, and all of a sudden, he said, the next thing I know, this fire came on me. He said, and I started speaking in these tongues. I said, heavens to Murgatroyd, what is this? And then all of a sudden, Pat pulls me to the side. And the Bible says, faith cometh by and hearing by the and all of a sudden, he sat me down, and faith was produced on the inside of my heart. He said, I want you to read these scriptures. This is a true story. Hey, man, he said, I want you to read these scriptures and come back and meet me after 9 o'clock count. I came back, amen, after they had counted us, and I came to the prison chapel, and I stood up, and there was many folk in, inside of the room, and he stood me up. He said, I want you to lift your hands up, and I want you to begin to thank God that you're filled with the Spirit. He said, on the third time, God, he said, God, he said, I'm going to lay my hands on you as a point of contact. He said, don't be afraid. Open up your mouth, he said, and, and God is going to fill you with the Holy Spirit. And so on the third time, I said this simple prayer, Lord, I thank you that I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. And I began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives me utterance. And on the third time, when he touched me, instead of me getting the Holy Ghost, it was though two million volts of energy ran through my spirit. All of a sudden, there was a quake and a shake took place. And demons came out of me screaming and hollering. I can hear in my natural ear, they're screaming at Pat saying, what's going on? And Pat was screaming. He got demons and they're coming out. And when these demons left me, instantly God baptizes me in the Holy Ghost. And for two hours with my hands stuck in the air, stuck in the air, I began to sing in songs in another language I had never seen. Amen. Spoken in my life. And that day I was changed from a criminal to a Christian changed by the power of God. I came to tell you that the Jesus that we serve, he is still healing. He is still delivering. He is still setting folks free by his power. He's still alive. I went back to my, my room that night. I was floating on air because the stony heart had been rolled, rolled away. <laughs> I sat there on the edge of my bed 
I had made four, five peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I'm sitting there eating peanut butter and jelly. And I said, you still there? He said, go on, she bound those shots. I said, you still there? I woke up every morning with a Hustler magazine. When the morning came, I, I threw it away. Hello, Kusta. I began to pray for six and eight hours the day, the night before I was just drinking hooch and, hey man, doing everything unconscionable, hey man, uh, on, on, on the yard. And now, hey man, I wanted to know him who had arrested me. Hey man, I, I wanted to be touched. I, I, I wanted to know this person who had filled me with his presence and his power and it took away all of that hate and that pain and that rage on the inside. I wanted to know him for myself. I wanted to taste and see that the Lord was good to me for my for myself, what, what, what I eat ain't going to send you to the restroom. It's what you regurgitate for yourself. I had to get to know God for myself. I began to put in that work. Somebody say, put in that work. Put in that work on my knees. I, I, began, I began to pray day and night. I, I began to chase after the master. I, I wanted to, to know him. They, they thought I had lost my mind because I was just a thug. Hey, man, the day before and all of a sudden, day after day, I'm reading the word of God and, and I'm on the side of the bed praying by the laundry room and the Holy Ghost. And they thought I had lost my mind, but I had lost, amen, that, but I had found everything in Christ. And, and I took on these, these hours and hours in prayer. And I began to go through my metamorphosis. <laughs> you got to be willing to go through your metamorphosis. Did you know that the caterpillar has to one day say, I'm, I'm sick and tired of eating dirt, running with the same folk, crawling around the same stuff, doing the same thing. And until he makes up his mind, he'll crawl forever. Uh, understanding innately there's something on the inside of him that is beautiful and powerful. He can fly high. But until he makes up his mind, he, he'll keep crawling. Yeah, you have to decide if you're going to be great. You have to understand what you possess. You, you, got, you, have, you have more than on the inside of you than what you are, are taking advantage of. And that's what I'm going to talk about just for a few moments. You're not taking advantage of your riches. You're not taking advantage of who you are in Christ. And I don't care about if everybody is woke. I don't care if all the generation, they, they reject Christ. I don't care what worship leader says they don't believe in the church no more. I still believe. I'm still in love. I'm still worshiping God. I'm still a God chaser. I'm still a glory carrier. I still, amen, releasing power. Your opinions don't change the, uh, the word of God. His word will work if you work it. Somebody say, I'm going to work it. I, I, I want you to go... Uh, here to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and, and verse 4 very quickly. Actually, verse 5. But I want you to understand that you, you, you got everything you need on the inside of you. But if you're lazy, if you're living off another man's revelation, you'll be like the sons of Sceva. You'll get whooped in life. Jesus, I know Paul, I know he should know you too. No, you're not based on your Escada, your Gucci, hey man, your Timberland, your looks, your swag, none of that. Your, your, there ought to be a presence and the power about your life that your shadow heals, your word feels. There ought to be a demonstrative part of you that demonstrates Christ is alive. I'm not making excuses, hey man, because I'm in love with Jesus. I don't, you don't have to be my friend, hey man, you don't have to like me, hey man, but I've made up in my mind that I'm going to chase God with every part of me, hey man, I'm not going to live a life of regrets, what I could have, should have, would have been. I've made up in my mind that I'm going to be efficient, I'm going to be effective, I'm going to be constant, I'm going to be consistent, hey man, and I'm going to take it to another level. 
It does not matter your size, your look, your ethnicity, where you were raised, your background, your hood, your genealogy. No, that don't make no never mind. It makes up what you decide to do. You can be average or you can be great. I got one leg and you ought not let no one-legged preach outrun you. No, you can't. Don't give me a... You wasn't born, I was born on, on the wrong side of everything. I've been called out of my name since I was a kid. Talked to like a dog. Been through molestation. Been punished. Hey man, for being light-skinned in a black community. I have seen hell. I have fought every demon. I've been fighting literally physically and now spiritually fighting demons, but I still make no excuses. I give no room for my failures. I don't, I don't acknowledge, hey man, that the enemy is winning. No, because I'm a victor. I am not a victim. Called by his name, saved by his grace, used for his glory. God has a plan. Somebody shout for me, for me, for me. Look at your neighbor and say, you rich. And everybody knows it but you. You're rich. There was a man who, who died in a blistery winter as a homeless person. The winter was savage and he, he was homeless. He lived outside with his cart under the bridge. This particular winter, he, he didn't make it. He died. And when they took the cart that was filled all of, all of the belongings and went through it, he had inside of his cart a check that was in a frame for millions of dollars. So the police, they took this to the bank and they said the bank president came and he said for years, we've tried to figure out who this person was because they've never came and made a withdrawal. He died as a bum, yet he was a millionaire. How many people in this room got everything but you're not making withdrawals based on what you possess? I mean, how, how many of you, hey, you got everything in Christ and you keep talking about how depressed you are and don't nobody like me, hey amen, and, and you're going through all of this stuff in your mind and, and, and God has already made the deposit, hey amen, all you got to do is withdraw. It doesn't matter, hey amen, what, what you've been through. I'm telling you, I ain't going to die under a bridge. No, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to die on my feet. I'm going to die fighting back. I'm going to die speaking the word. I'm going to live till I die. Amen. I'm not going to sit up here and talk about, no, I'm an overcomer. Hallelujah. I'm rich. I'm rich, and I know it. Clap my hands. I'm rich, and I know it. See, I need you to help me in this place on today. Anybody in this place, you know who you are and whose you are? Hey, man, is anybody, you can just wave your hands in there and wave them like you just don't. Is there anybody in the room, you know whose you are and who you are? Somebody shout, I'm rich. I'm almost done. First Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 5. Listen to what it says. Talking to the believer. He said that in everything you are enriched by him. I, I've been plutizoed. That word enrich in, uh, in, in the Greek is the Greek word plutizo. God, God says he, he has made you rich in every area of your life. But more importantly, he says I have made you rich in all utterance and in all knowledge. That means there's something on the inside of you. Hey, it'll give you right words to say. It'll cause you to speak your life, hey amen, the way it's supposed to be, not based on what you're seeing. It'll change the molecular structure of wine and turn water and turn it into wine. It'll say, peace be still to the winds. Hey amen, you recognize that the wind may not have ears, but it hears me. There's a voice, a clarion call in the spirit. Hey amen, and you got to know that you possess an utterance on the inside. I can call those things that be not as though they were. Hey amen, you ought to look at your neighbor and say, I'm rich, I'm fine as wine. 
mind. I'm everything I'm supposed to be. I'm blessed and highly favored. God, his hand is on my life. I'm rich. The Bible says I've been, I've been made rich in all utterance. My life is changing by faith. Ain't we faith people? Forgive my idioms and my, my slang, but ain't we faith people? We believe, therefore we speak. Yeah, we, we, we are speaking spirits. Come on. God, God said, I, I made you rich, and you keep talking about what you don't got. And you keep on blaming, hey, man, all these other, other people. Hey, they, if, if such and such hadn't said that, they, they hadn't done that. No. What are you saying about you? God, 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 he is, he is, he's made you rich. But it's your check in the frame. You're staring at it, talking about, good you, good you, you look so good. The word look good for everybody else. He blessed Jake's. Amen. He blessed Hagen. Amen. He blessed Bynum. But he, he just, no, he loves you. And he's no respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of your faith. Your faith has to say, your faith has to say something. Your faith has to demonstrate. One day I was preaching, and, uh, man, you know, I preached a great message. I had on my Benny Hinn white suit that day. And I jump out of my car. You know, I'm jumping out there, but I jump out the car, and all of a sudden, in my white suit, my leg snaps in half, my prosthetic broken half. Now I'm in my white suit, and I'm rolling around on the ground. And all of these thoughts came to me. Just evil keeps happening to you. You just keep on getting punished. And sometimes you got to have a response to your mind. And I said, oh, no. I said, hold up, wait a minute, let me put some Jesus in it. <laughs> and so while I'm crawling, I start speaking the word back. No, God will give me more suits. He'll, he'll bless me and I'm, I'm favored. Even though I'm crawling right now, I'm running in my spirit. But I could have sat there because another bad thing happened in my life. I could have sat there and waddled in self-pity. Why me? Why not you? Have you considered my servant Job? You, if, if you're under pressure, it's because God got so much faith in you that he allows the hairs to be removed for a season so you can be tested, so you can show the world what you've been made of. There's something on the inside of you that you got to tap into. Hey, Amen. And, and listen, don't tell me that you know, I'm too young. Listen, age ain't nothing but a number. And slaying dragons and demons ain't nothing but a thing. Hey, Amen. It doesn't matter. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. But you got to activate your power and its presence in your life. You got to get up. Everybody know. Full of the Holy Ghost. I want you to hear me. First Corinthians next chapter, chapter 2 and verse 4. I'm going to make this point and I'm going to sit down. But you got to know that you got something on you that's worthwhile. God didn't give you a Flintstone language. He put his presence and his power, his utterance, his revelation knowledge, his gifts on the inside of you. You got to learn how to activate. You can't tell me. I, I was an inmate in jail and I began to learn how to practice the presence of God. I began to speak the word of God over my life. I had, I had battled allergies since I had my nose broken in the seventh grade. And every summer, with, without shame, I would wake up every morning with my eyes stuck together. And my, my, whole, my, my nasal passage. And then I got a revelation of faith and righteousness. 
And I began to say, he took my infirmities and he bore my sicknesses. And by his stripes, you are healed. And for, and for days, I began to minister that word. And all of a sudden, God, hey, man, I woke up one, one morning and my eyes popped open. They were no longer stuck together. And I've been healed. Hey, man, now going on 20 years. Hey, man, but the word will work if you work it. I said the word will work if you work it. I'm telling you, there, there was a man, they would come to me like, like Nick at night, like I was Nicodemus at night. They come knocking on the door in jail. I remember one guy came in in the room, it's the midnight hour, knocked on the door, and I said, who is it? He said, bro, can I holler at you for a second? Okay. And so I said, you sit on the toilet right there, and I'm going to sit on the bed because two men should be sitting on the bed together. I said, you sit right there. And he sat, on, he sat there, and I realized he wanted me to pray for him. Because he said, there's something different about you. He said, I, I'm going through something. Would you pray for me? I prayed for him. And while he was sitting on the toilet, I said, lift up your hands. I said, I ain't got to lay my hands on you. God going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. I led him in a prayer. Hey, man, to receive Christ. He lifted up his hands. I said, be filled with the Spirit. I'm sitting on the bed. He on the toilet. All of a sudden, he said, God baptized him in the Holy Ghost. God had a supernatural move. And all of a sudden, God taught me in the prison, hey, man, is that you got to learn how to work your faith. If you ain't got nobody to lay hands on you, lay hands on yourself. Take communion for yourself. Eat the bread. Drink the blood for yourself. Hey, man. And so I began to demonstrate. I began to show you. You know, they began to come in. All of a sudden, I had the nation of Islam fighting me. Hey, man, because I'm sitting there winning. Hey, winning folks. Hey, man, the Christ. And so a brother, they was after Ardenly. He came up in the room, and I was ministering to him. And then all of a sudden, the nation of Islam walked in. They came in marching, and they said, we need to talk to him. I said, hold up. I said, let me finish, amen, what I'm doing. And I stood him up, and I laid hands on him in front of the nation. And God baptized him in the Holy Ghost in front of the nation. And them brothers walked out of there, marched out of there, because the brother, amen, he was in a euphoric, amen, because why? The God that I serve, he said we should demonstrate. Amen, don't show me. Amen, don't talk about it. Show me what you're working with. Amen, you cannot just have a good, amen, confession. There has to be some demonstration in your life. I want you to, I want you to see this. But somebody shout, say, I'm rich. I'm talking to every bad attitude person. Can't nobody tell you nothing. You ain't the boss of me. You know everything. You smartest person in the building. You got clout. You got power. You got money. You got prestige. You got, you got the name, but you ain't operating in no power. God has more for you. This is not, hey, man, us just uh, gathering just to say, you know, watch the way that I worship. We're, we're gathering so we can be equipped, so we can be empowered, so we can be inspired, so we can be sent, hey, man, back to our neighborhoods, hey, man, back to our homes, back to our churches, hey, man, back to our jobs, so we can be a light in a dark world. And I got it. I'm going to read this last scripture and I'm done. First Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 7, it says, but we speak the wisdom of God in the mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world known, for had they known it, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. God says he's, he's given you something so powerful on the inside that Satan said if he would have knew God was going to turn out all these little G's. He would have never crucified the Lord of glory. He said, if I knew God was going to save you and fill you with his spirit and you would look like Christ. He said, I would have never crucified him. What are you saying? 
I'm saying Satan knows who you are and what you possess. While you're laying down on your gifts, while you're not becoming the world when God wants you to be, while you're being satisfied in status quo Christianity, I'm looking for some folks in this place that's willing to go the extra mile. I'm not a victim. I'm a victor. I've been through hell serving Jesus. I lost, I lost so much. I lost so much, so many days of being crushed and crying out to God, faithful, paying tithes, honoring God. I pastored in the poorest city in Ohio called East Cleveland. East Cleveland was used to be home of John D. Rockefeller. Now it's New Jack City. Every place that used to be a mansion is now boarded up or full of crack, crack people that's on crack. Man, I, I just suffered. So I, and two years ago, I, I ran out of money. I, I got tired of paying myself to be a pastor. And so I, I came to service Sunday morning just as courageous as I could be. And I sat there on a live service. And I said, I have to close the church today. I thought I was tough. And something broke on the inside of me, and I wept bitterly for an hour. <laughs> the thing that I love the most, helping people. I gave my life, and it was gone. I sat there and I wept. My heart was so broke. I had given everything for Jesus. So I closed my church doors and I, I went back to Tulsa over the last 24 months. My wife's father was, was dying. And I, she had traveled the country with me, planting churches and helping people, never complaining. And I said, let's, let's go back home and help your family. Her father died. And I had realized that I was a robotic Christian by now because I was bitter and hurt at church people. Because they could have gave, they could have saved the church, they could have helped, they could have did more. But they was just so happy with being average. And so I, I, I started uh, fasting and praying, seeking the Lord. And I stopped just talking Christianese. You know Christianese is, how you doing, brother? Praise the Lord. Holly, everything is all right. And I began to, to fast and pray and sought the, the face of God. Four in the morning to 12 o'clock in, in the afternoon, four, five, six, eight hours a day. And all of a sudden, my 17-year-old daughter, God began to speak to her. And she began to move in the prophetic realm at 17. I was walking out the door to go and preach in Ohio. And as I walked out the door, she said, Dad, she said, Jesus came to me last night. And this is what he told me to tell you. He said, tell your father that I'm restoring his life, his ministry, and I am removing the scales. And all of a sudden, my heart, it came alive. In 30 days, I got a, someone paid off our entire mortgage. And then all of a sudden, things began to flow. And this from a 17-year-old, things began to shift. But she began to pray. She didn't make excuses. And I began to pray, and I stopped making excuses. And I fell back in love with Jesus again. And so I've just been traveling and just sharing that you can do more than what you're doing. You can be extraordinary or you can be ordinary. But really, the final denomination and soul equation is you. Satan know what you got, but do you know what you got? All heads bow and all eyes closed. Father, in the name of Jesus, you're in this place and you say, Pastor Ken, 
Man, I, I felt God tugging at my heart because I can do more. I can pray more. I can, I can spend more time in, in the Word of God. I can serve at a different capacity. I, I can get involved. I, I can go the extra mile. I, I can go into deeper realms. I, I can become a person of prayer. I, I don't just have to settle for status quo Christianity. I can go deeper. God, God is tugging at me that I, I can go the extra mile. I don't have to just be ordinary and that he's no respective person, but he, he is chasing, he's wooing me, he's chasing after me. You're in this place. You say, Pastor, I feel God is reigniting me, taking me to another place, and I, I'm willing to go the extra mile. I just want you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you. God is ministering. I see that hand. I see hands all over the... God is, he's, he's, God is wooing. He's calling me to a higher, higher place, and I ain't going to make no excuses. Are there any people in the room that won't make excuses and they realize God, God is calling me higher, even in the fire, that God wants to wrap me in fire. He wants to give me his anointing. I want you to raise your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, we release double grace. Come on, take a deep breath right now. Say, God, fill me again. Come on, take a deep breath right now. Say, God, touch me again. Come on, right now, wherever you're at right now, say, God, fill me with your power. God, I receive fresh oil, fresh fire. Come on, you got to be like the woman with the issue of blood. She said, if I can just touch, you got to write your own ticket with God. Come on, write the blue. Open up your mouth and begin to minister to the Lord. God, if you can use anybody, Lord, you can use me. Lord, if you can use anyone, God, Lord, to, to serve your will in the earth, Lord, you can use me. You're in this place, Lord. You can use me, Lord. Come on, just wave your hands. You can use me, Lord. If God can use you, if you're going to be a glory carrier, if you're going to change the world, if God is going to use you, you're the next Jakes. You're the next Oral Roberts. I want you to just, come on, just pray me, Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, if you can use anybody, Lord, Lord, you can use me. Father, if you can use anybody, you can use me. Father, feel me again. Fresh touch. Fresh oil, fresh power, fresh anointing, fresh power. Ah, and I hear the Lord saying, there is a springboard in this house. There is a catapulting coming to this place. And I will cause the acceleration to hit your lives as you begin to surrender, as you begin to worship, as you begin to minister. And the Lord said that there's going to be a great quickening, a great awakening, a great erupting take place, even in this building, even in these, this sanctuary, even in these vessels God has called to honor. There shall be an uplifting. There shall be a greater glory. And I heard the Lord say, as you step out in faith, he is going to demonstrate through your hands. As you step out in faith, the Lord said, as you open up your mouth, the glory, it shall fall. And your friends and your neighbors and co-workers shall be filled with the Spirit. And God said, your shadow shall heal. There's going to be a great awakening taking place out of this place. And this day, the stirring, the sweet life, the sweet life be released even now. Father, bless your people. Show them your glory. If you're hungry, the Lord said he's going to feed you. You got to be desperate. I crawled back in my white suit. I crawled back. You got to be willing to go through so you can get to. The Bible says if you can suffer with him, he says you can reign with him. Those that's going to go deeper. I didn't say it was going to be easy, but I did say it was going to be worth it. God got so much more for you. Let him use you for his glory. Thanks for listening.